Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education from across the country. I am Karen Sarah Watson, and I am a teacher. This podcast is for those who want to better understand the experiences of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast. Today we have Joanna Cohen um, coming from Brooklyn, New York. So Joanna, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. Very happy to be here. And I just tell me a little bit about yourself, what your position is, where you work. Um, So I'm an assistant principal at an elementary school in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. And how are you guys doing during the pandemic right now? Um, We are doing okay. Um, it's been, it's been pretty tough in Sunset Park. Um, the community has been hit pretty hard by COVID. Um, we've had... Can you tell me, can you tell me a little bit about the community so people who know what, what's in, like, what the community is like in Sunset Park? So, um, the, where my school is, um, located on 7th Avenue, um, which is fairly close to... Brooklyn's Chinatown in Sunset Park. So we have a very large um, population of uh, families who are originally from China. Um, And we also have a very large population of Latinx families um, from, many are from Mexico, uh, others are from the Dominican Republic, um, Puerto Rico, Guatemala, El Salvador, Ecuador, a wide variety of countries. Um, about half of our students are English language learners. And many of our parents uh, are undocumented immigrants. So how has it been for them right now? I mean, that must be incredibly difficult. It's, it has been incredibly difficult. Um, our families are experiencing just so many hardships. It's really difficult to, um, it's hard to grasp a lot of the time. Um, many of our families are, or are, are frontline workers, um, either working as like delivery people, um, or the families that are not undocumented are working in hospitals, doing, you know, sort of janitorial services or things like that. Um, and we've had a lot of illness in the community. Um, many parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, caregivers of our kids have been, have gotten very ill. Many have been admitted to the hospital um, as, and have had long hospital stays. Some of our students have been admitted to the hospital. Um, as far as we've heard, we haven't lost any parents. Um, certainly not any students, but we certainly, we have lost uh, kids' grandparents. Um, and in many cases, grandparents are the caregivers for our students. Um, so overall, the, the community has just experienced a tremendous amount of loss. Uh, parents have also lost work. Um, mo- many of our uh, Families from China work in restaurants, and many Chinese restaurants closed even before New York City closed down. Um, that was partly 
because of xenophobia and just reduced business. Um, and also it was partly because a lot of our Chinese families had a better idea of what to expect, I think, than many of us. Um, and that's because they were hearing from family members in China about what, you know, what this is going to be like. So a lot of Chinese owned businesses shut down in early March um, and have remained shut down. And so a lot of our families are not currently working. And in our Latinx community, uh, it's quite similar. Um, a lot of family members were, worked as like, cleaning houses or in construction, and they also have had no work for a really long period of time. And our families who are undocumented are not eligible for unemployment benefits or any of the federal stimulus dollars. In fact, if you're uh, undocumented but married to an American citizen, you are also not eligible for benefits. Oh my God. Um, so it's really just, and, and the, the main issues that we've been addressing or that our families have been facing in the last um, several weeks has been food insecurity. And what's happening with that? Well, there's, there are several food pantries that are located in Sunset Park that have been operating for many, many years and are well known to the community. Um, but the demand that they're facing right now is just not something that they can handle, um, both in terms of the number of staff and volunteers that they have, the amount of hours that they can even be awake, uh, sorry, not awake, open, um, and the supply. They just don't have enough food to give out. So you may have seen news, news coverage lately of uh, food pantries just across the city with lines stretching just blocks and blocks and blocks and people having to wait in line for hours and ultimately when they get to the front of the line or even approach the front of the line they find there's no food left um so oh, we, terrible. and there are resources for food you know our school my school alone is one of the biggest food distribution sites um, for the uh, for school food in the city and we are giving out 3,000 meals a day. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. So, so where, where does this so where does this leave you as an administrator in a school? Because I can imagine it can leave you feel like a little bit hopeless like because you can't help but like how how do you help? What do you do? What are you and well, your administration doing for this? Well, a while ago, before we really learned of the extent of the food insecurity issue we did, we were thinking about our community just in terms of their, the fact that they weren't eligible for, many families weren't eligible for unemployment benefits or for federal stimulus funds. And so we, with our PTA, put together a fundraiser um, using GoFundMe to just try, we initially thought that we would try to raise enough money to help between 40 and 80 families with like $250. And we thought we would just give them either a gift card or cash um, just to help them meet their basic needs. But about maybe a, a week or two after we launched the fundraiser, um, I got a phone call from one of the teachers that I supervise and she said, 
you know, Ms. Cohen, I just, I had a morning meeting with my class today and one of my students told me that they have no food and the only thing that she had eaten yesterday was macaroni um, with mayonnaise on it. And she, and the teacher was just like distraught. She's like, I can't, I don't know what to do. What can we do? Is there anything we can do? And I too, I mean, my heart just sank because I was like, this is one kid. This is like the, the tip of the iceberg. Um, and it actually, when that teacher then went back and asked uh, other families in her class, whether they too were facing food insecurity, about 20 of the 26 kids in her class said yes, and that they were, and that they were in need. And so we sort of frantically started calling food pantries, trying to, a lot of the families didn't want to go out. They were afraid um, of COVID. They had young children. They couldn't wait in those food pantry lines for hours. Um, they were even too scared to go to the school to get food. Uh, and we fortunately got connected with um, a mutual aid organization called South Brooklyn Mutual Aid. And they were able to provide 15 boxes of food that first week to our families. So I got them names. And at the same time, we, we also have a partnership with a school, um, with a PTA in Park Slope. Um, and we had been talking with them about how they could help our school during this time. And we just decided sort of very quickly because it really felt like an emergency to have them help us buy um, boxes of food for that we would then deliver to families. So that first week, I think we did, I'm pretty sure we delivered 20 boxes of, of groceries. They had a contact at Baldor, which is a restaurant supply company, but they've, because so many restaurants, they don't have the demand from the restaurants, they've been pivoting to the consumer market and to doing things like this, to like supporting um, people in need. And uh, so we ordered from them, they got volunteers together and they drove and delivered food to 20 of our families. And then for the last so we've you know, been slowly increasing that and we decided then to use the funds from our fundraiser to support that effort. So we have I, have, that. I have to say, um, you are so amazing at raising money that, um, so what people don't know is that I, I know you because you were my administrator when I was working at a school in Chinatown. And I remember you did another GoFundMe for at, at the time, I don't remember exactly what it was for, but it was to raise money for families, I think at the same time, yeah. who were in need. And so I just want to acknowledge that that's an incredible thing that you do because your job is so much more than just being an administrator overlooking your teachers and students. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like how much more your job is besides just being an administrator? Yeah. I mean, I think as an administrator, you have to be creative um, and figure out ways to support the families in your school community. Um, particularly during a time like this, it's just, you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Our families, there are students in my school community who do not have food and that is unacceptable to me. 
And it's, I, I feel that it's unacceptable in this country. It's unacceptable in New York City, which there's so much wealth in New York City. And even I look in my pantry and I look in my refrigerator and I see it overflowing with food. And I think, how can this be that literally 20 blocks from my house, there are children who are hungry and who are telling their teachers that they're hungry. And so I just was like, we have to do something about this. And um, the DOE has lots of rules about fundraising and you know you do have to be careful. Luckily, the PTA was able to do it for us. Um, and luckily we have this amazing partnership with the school in Park Slope that has a lot of just operational support that they can provide to us. Um, so that's my other question is that how are, how are you supported? Like where do you get your support from? Because you're supporting everyone. You know, I mean, you're supporting your students, you're supporting your teachers, you're doing these fundraisers. So how are you getting supported? I think, you know, I just, I work with really great people and they, we have this like little team now that's working on this grocery delivery project. And it's not anything I ever expected to be working on during this time or planned to be working on during this time, but it just emerged as a need. And, um, Typically during the year, I do, I, one of my areas of supervision is working with parents and with the PTA and with community organizations. So it was a natural, you know, as soon as the need emerged, I was like, I'm on it. And, um, but the, the team of people that I'm working with from our guidance counselors, I mean, these are the people that are having like the hard conversations with families about the fact that they don't have food. Our teachers, our guidance counselors, our parent coordinators, um they're the ones and you know they do keep thanking me but i am saying like i we couldn't i couldn't do this without you because you're the one that has the trust of the families for them to reveal this deeply personal thing um you know not being able to provide for your children is a terrible thing for any parent. And actually I, I can read you um, a message that we got, that our guidance counselor got from one of the families that we sent food to. Um, is that okay if I read yeah. it? Yeah, oh no, please do, of course. Okay, so the guidance counselor wrote to a, a group of us today and said, I just received a call from the mother. Although she was not at home, her daughters told me about the groceries being delivered. The mother was in tears and I will translate what she said. This is what the mom said. I have always felt of no value in this country because I am undocumented. My daughter tells me we have food for the week. I had no food. The hardest thing is not being able to provide food for my three children. My daughter was so happy to see the fruit. We made sure we got them fruit and vegetables and meat because they were, they really wanted that. May God bless you a million times over for all you have done for me and my family. I've been desperate and afraid to ask for help, but then God sent you. There are people in this country with big hearts. Oh my God. That is, that makes me so choked up. That is. Yeah. I cried for the first time I read it. Oh, I mean, I, I think it's so important that you're telling this story because I really don't believe that people really understand the depth of what people are going through right now. And thank God there are communities like yours and your school that are stepping up to the plate. I know that 
there's probably a lot of red tape that you have to go through in order to get done what you you do. And I, I, I it, it, it's obvious that that would be that way. It's good that you have PTAs. It's good that you have outward organizations to step in and do some of that work. Yeah. Um. So, on top of that, like, how are you dealing with online learning? And I mean, because you you're dealing this is this is you're dealing with life stuff right now, which I think is way more important than online learning. But you have to deal with that too. So, how is that going for you, your school? Um, that is going. It's going well. I mean, it's mixed. You know, it's been a, a huge transition. And as you know, as a teacher, um, yes. it's, I, I just give incredible props to all of our teachers, all teachers across New York City. I mean, this is, we were not ready for this. <laughs> we were not trained for this. Um, we did not have the supplies, you know, we had, we were signing out school computers to both teachers and students um, during that, those last few days that we were, we weren't even signing them out. We were like, here, take it. Yeah. Um, and the platforms that we've been using, people have not been trained on. I mean, my school has been using uh, Google Drive for many years, and it, it has been a struggle, actually, to, you know, make sure you save, you leave it, you, you put it on Google Drive or share it with who you need to share it with. And now it's like right. everybody's on Google Drive, and they're just rocking it on Google Drive. Yes, yes. Um, but people have... I, I think that even though it's been challenging, I have seen um, my colleagues and my teachers, myself included, just do so, engage in so much professional learning during this time period. Um, I have had teachers who, who I supervise who have said, I was terrified of computers and now I've learned so much and I'm so proud of myself. Like I literally had a teacher text that to me. I'm so proud of myself. Oh, and so great. I was like, that is amazing. And these are, even though this is such a challenging time, there are some silver linings. I think that people have some renewed um, energy for the profession and it has been a time of, um, just intense learning and and also I think it's allowed teachers to really connect with their kids in a way that they never had to or never did you know we're, we're in these really intimate places now we're seeing kids bedrooms and right their, their homes and their grandpa who's like walking around in pajamas in the background yep. it's so funny I I mean I have found at first I thought because I teach theater like how, how is this going to work? But I actually have loved it because I get to watch them in their homes doing my theater exercises and like, you know, acting out characters with their parents, with them next to them sometimes, or sometimes they're in the bedroom and they're showing me their stuff. And yeah. I, I feel like I have even more of a connection now than I would have, not to say that there's nothing like teaching in person, yeah. but I am getting, I am getting something out of it. And I think they are too. And I think that is a silver lining in this. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's given teachers like a lot more empathy for what um, our kids are, are dealing with at home. A lot of our kids live with either multiple generations or multiple like other families who they call cousins and aunts and uncles but aren't really related to them in the same apartment they have very little space they have very little privacy um but they're there you know they're there they're logging in they're there for their 
their morning meetings. Um, they're there for their small groups. And, you know, a large part of that is, is teachers just really going the extra mile to make sure that all the kids know how to get on, that they have their usernames, that they have their passwords. I mean, many of our families don't know how to operate computers. So it's right. a, just a Herculean effort on the part of um, our staff. And does, does everybody have their um, devices now? Because it took a very long time for people to get their devices. No, not everybody okay. has their devices. And I will, I will refrain from speaking about that because I may become uh, angry. Yeah. Um, there's, we, it's not just you, it's everywhere. I'm just letting you know, everybody yeah. I have interviewed from New York city has said that they, I mean, I'm glad that you have a majority getting online. I have students, I have classes of teachers who have said that they've had like three people in their classroom. Um, and that there are many students who still do not have their devices and they, again, t a city unprepared for something this big. Um, and it, how do you deal with that? Like, do you, are, how are you able to get them work? I, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I mean, we, the kids are doing the best that they can at home. The DOE has mailed paperwork to kids who don't have iPads yet. Um, I mean, I looked at some of the work, it seems okay, but you definitely need parent support. And a lot of our pa parents don't speak English. Um, I think kids are doing the best they can. If they have one device at home and there's three kids and they're all just sharing the device. We have twins who have been waiting. They're in fifth grade um, and they have special needs and they've been waiting for months for their iPads. And it just, every time we check on the status, it says sent for shipping. And it's just been like that for months. Ugh, and um, we've so called. Frustrating submitted tickets we've you know I mean there's just I just feel like there's nothing that we can do and I feel like we are on as on top of where these iPads are as we possibly can be um, but these girls are there they all they have is their mom's phone and they're going on their mom's phone when they can and doing their classwork as best they can mm. um, so I think everybody is just really doing the best they can. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think no matter what you do, there's gonna be kids who get slip, slip through the cracks and that's probably the most frustrating part of all is that we, we can't get to everybody, definitely. So what are your thoughts about where we go from here? I'm just curious as an administrator, what, what's happening where you are? I mean, what are they, what are they saying to you? Is, are there answers or is it just, yeah, tell um, me. We have no answers. <laughs> we're waiting for answers we are at this point I actually had a we had a administrative team meeting this morning where we talked about the we started talking about what we should do to plan for next year just even in terms of the classes and who's teaching those classes and how we're going to articulate the kids um, but then we started saying, well, what if this isn't how we're going back next year? And what if we need to think about, you know, part-time remote learning, part-time in-person learning, smaller class sizes, more classroom teachers, you know, we, so what we decided to do was to brainstorm the possibilities, which could range from being back in school and everything being as it was pre-COVID, which I think is unlikely, but, um, or 
complete, you know, remote learning for at least the beginning of the school year next year and possibly longer. Um, so we're going to try to figure out what the possible scenarios are within that range and plan for each of them so that when we finally do know what the situation is, we'll be able to say, aha, we pull out our plan and, you know, we'll have our hopefully table of organization and then we can articulate the kids into their new classes. Um, but it's challenging. It's oh my God, I can't imagine. I just can't, because I, nobody has an answer. I mean, our mayor doesn't have the answer. You know, I, you know, Bill Gates is going to be, you know, taking on, don't, which we won't talk about. I talked about that in many interviews. It's like, no, thank you. But um, uh, how are you, oh, I wanted to ask you, like, what are you doing about your fifth grade graduations? I, I keep meaning to ask people about that. Yeah, we're still thinking about it. I don't supervise fifth grade, so I don't have a ton of information about it. We... Um, are going to be doing something virtually. I actually just before we got on the phone forwarded, um, I saw that there's a, a PD this week on how to do a virtual graduation using Microsoft Live. So I forwarded that to our AP who supervises fifth grade to see if mm. um, she's interested. Yeah, it's like those, I just, I feel so bad for those fifth graders. I mean, just my, my, my niece is in high school. She's, it's her graduation this year and it's just, my heart goes out to them because they, they spend every year like thinking, I can't wait to go on my class trip. I can't wait to have a dance. I can't wait to graduate. And I know uh, it's so sad. It's just so sad. But these are but unprecedented times. Yeah, you know, they really are. This is a once in a lifetime, ex I hope, once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Um, and I think for our kids, we just, I've told my own daughter, you know, you are living through history right now. And you will always remember this time. And yeah. even though there's, there is so much loss, there's so much loss all around, you know, in so many different ways. Um, but we're also experiencing an historic time and I'm hopeful that we'll come out of it a better society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And I, I, I think that, I think the optimist in me feels like we will too. So, but anyway, I just want to say it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you. You are one of my most favorite administrators. I miss you dearly. Um, I think your kids and your, your staff are incredibly lucky to have someone like you and, you know, just keep going with the work that you're doing and raising money. And, um, and I hope that, I hope these families are going to be okay and that, you know, we can all find our way through this. So, um, Joanna, it's been a pleasure interviewing you. Um, I wish you all the best. Thank you, Karen. You too. And thank you for being on the Worries of Education podcast. Of course. Happy to. This has been the Warriors of Education podcast, dedicated to all the hardworking teachers across this country. We hear you. We see you. We honor you. Thank you.